This is Paul Corsetti, host of the Backup to Basics podcast and senior site editor of TechTarget's Search Data Backup and Search Disaster Recovery sites. Joining me today to discuss cyber resiliency and other IT resilience topics is Andrea Sales, General Manager of IBM Business Resiliency Services. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Paul. It's a pleasure to spend time with you today. So there are so many cyber threats out there right now. What are some ways organizations can better recover from and minimize the impact of these threats and actual cyber attacks? Uh, Today, global cyber attacks are occurring at a a much higher rate, even in 2018, than they have in the past. And um, I think everyone is seeing the extensive media coverage uh, bringing uh, the whole uh, cyber resiliency and cyber attacks to a new level of awareness within the business community, um, both IT professionals and the general public. I think you pick up a uh, paper or go into the website or anything, and you'll see, um, you know, unfortunately all too often a public company that has been um, hit uh, by a cyber attack. So there's definitely heightened awareness um, from a cyber attack standpoint, and now organizations have to figure out, you know, how to deal with that. Um, and oftentimes it's, um, you know, we're, we're used to from a disaster recovery and a business continuity standpoint, we're kind of used to uh, the earthquakes and floods and typhoons and hurricanes, but this is a whole new uh, business and a whole new uh, thing that uh, from an organizational standpoint uh, everyone at a C-level is uh, interested in and has to be concerned with. So it's not just the CIO anymore. It really goes from your board to your CEO to your chief risk officer, chief security officer, chief operational officer. It really kind of hits across the board. And everyone needs to be aligned around um, what I would view as a common set of objectives and how to ensure compliance to make sure that there's not only a unified approach to recovery, but also a unified uh, approach to communications and uh, what information you'll have, um, you know, that that unfortunately will be out in the press and the media and how you'll deal with that. Just following up a bit, do you you think organizations are are fully aware at this point that they should be, that it should be um, an approach taken throughout the, throughout the organization, you know, as you said, from, from, including management and, and all kinds of tiers of the organization. Do, do, do companies know that they really need to tackle this comprehensively? I think it's on the um, a top of mind for every C-suite executive that I talk to. Um, it's a very interesting topic. They all want to talk about it. They want to understand the capabilities and what services and offerings are out in the marketplace today. Uh, but not many are willing to talk publicly about it. Unfortunately, the ones that are talking publicly are the ones that have been hit. But I definitely definitely believe it's uh, top of mind for everyone. And it's not just something, like I said, that's just in uh, the security, the, the chief information security officer's office anymore, um, because at the end of the day, they're spending a lot more time now on, you know, how do we respond and recover from that cyber incident or cyber attack uh, than we did before, but I will tell you that there's not a C-suite executive uh, that I've talked to in the past six months who haven't been um, very anxious to talk to me and to talk to the folks that work for me, uh, very anxious to learn about, you know, what's out there in the marketplace, and then 
you know, obviously how they can keep their companies safe. Well, that's good to know. Is is it specifically ransomware, or are there are there many other specific cyber threats that executives are worried about right now? I think, um, it, once again, you know, in the era of, you know, WannaCry, which, you know, then moved on to non-Patia, and I guess I would call it, um, I would say it's not always ransomware, because in the case of, if we just look at non-Patia, which uh, happened last year, um, that malware really was, in fact, more characteristics of what we would call a wiper attack. So it was intended to destroy data rather than the traditional ransomware attack for financial gain. So in that case, there was no mechanism to unlock the disabled machines, even if a payment had been made. Um, So today, I think today's attack you're not necessarily seeing for sometimes financial gain, but sometimes it's notoriety and sometimes just to cause disruption in the industry. So I think it is, um, it's kind of moved on from, from, you know, we're doing it for financial gain to something that is much more destructive and uh, therefore uh, much harder to, to plan for and to, um, you know, to remediate against. Okay. So how are organizations generally preparing for attacks like that? What are some resiliency best practices that they're employing? Okay. I think the the, the switch has been, um, or the change has been, uh, companies were really thinking about um, if they were going to be attacked. So what we say now is companies are not thinking about the if, they're thinking about the when. And studies have said that in the next two years, there's a one in four chance that a company and organization will be attacked. Um, I think the historically what we um, we look at as the uh, the NIST framework. So the National Institute of uh, Securities and Technology has a framework that really talks about identify, detect, prevent, and then respond and recover. So it's a five um, a five tier you know kind of a life cycle. And traditionally, organizations have spent their time, money, and focus on the identify, protect, and detect from a cybersecurity standpoint. Or cybersecurity focusing on uh, security objectives for confidentiality, integrity, um, and availability. So really looking at a combination of perimeter protection and internal controls. The shift is moving around the framework to the respond and recover, and that really focuses on the ability of an organization to anticipate, withstand, uh, recover, and evolve, and get back into um, an operating mode as quickly as possible. So we're seeing the change now from organizations when you say, you know, what are they doing from a cyber resiliency standpoint? They're really moving on to this respond and recover. Um, And in the situation um, or the organization that I manage today and the product um, and solutions that we have are really focused around this cyber incident recovery. And once again, how do we make sure that in the event of an attack or when an attack happens, we're able to restore that company's uh, data and business processes and applications and let them get back up and running to some uh, sense of normalcy much sooner than uh, traditionally would have happened had they not really focused on this uh, cyber and incident recovery uh, perspective. Okay. Now, you mentioned the cyber incident recovery. Now, that's a capability that IBM recently launched in its resiliency orchestration offering. Can you maybe describe some more details about what's new with that capability? Absolutely. So 
as you said, it's it's a recently um, announced capability um, in resiliency orchestration. Uh, we call the Cyber Incident Recovery uh, 7.3, and it's both uh, software that's available um, in kind of a perpetual license or subscription. It's also available as a service. But what it is, it's the creation of automated workflows that run on uh, our disaster recovery as a service, or what we call DRAS orchestration platform. It manages the protection of an insured configuration and of the application data and enables the ability of that firm organization to have the ability to recover from the cyber attack that's penetrated all data copies, including operational backup. Uh, many times an organization is running a continuous backup, but in the event of a cyber attack, um, that attack and that malware is in there and destroys the data or corrupts the data in those backups. Uh, so what, what the new capability is for cyber incident recovery is, over what I saw, the core components of it, it's quick recovery to reduce the downtime and meet the recovery objectives. There's an efficient, um, what we call point-in-time data recovery to make sure that we reduce the storage costs. There's immutable storage, so protected storage to meet regulatory compliance. Many of our um, companies and clients and organizations are, you know, have very strict regulatory controls. Uh, there's that, uh, what we call the golden copy, is put into virtual air gap to assess and reduce the risk of the data corruption across your normal production networks. And finally, there's data verification to ensure that that backed up data remains viable post an attack. And it's viable because that golden copy is put into that immutable storage inside that virtual air gap, um, you know, storage. Okay, so that's obviously a recent launch for IBM. Do you do you see that evolving uh, over the next, say, year or so? You know, it, are, are there any areas where where you think the product that that specific capability can be improved or enhanced? Absolutely, we are. We already have a roadmap uh, to make additional features and functions and capabilities um, available. Uh, we'll be looking to. Um, come out with a new release with additional capabilities, and we'll be announcing something in uh, probably the first quarter of next year, so you'll see additional uh, capabilities and, and things that that um, will do that both with the air gap and with the immutable storage and how we make sure that we're um, taking that golden copy and putting it where, like I said, it can't be changed and it can be protected. Um, so we'll have a number of uh, things that will capabilities and a roadmap uh, for cyber incident recovery uh, down the road. Obviously, as cyber criminals become smarter, uh, we need to also make sure that we continue to stay ahead of that and um, address new threats in the industry, you know, as they come out. Okay. So also recently, IDC published a report that was sponsored by IBM about technology that can aid a cyber resilience framework. And Several items in there stood out for me, but here are just a couple of them. IDC research reports that the average cost of downtime exceeds $200,000 per hour. And also the report said that cybersecurity is the leading challenge in today's business climate. So I was just wondering if uh, there were certain elements that, that stood out to you in the report. Yeah, I think there, I think there are a number of things. And I, I do like sometimes to... 
uh, to differentiate between cybersecurity and cyber resilience. Um, as I mentioned earlier, cybersecurity really focuses on achieving um, the security objectives, confidentiality, integrity, and availability to acceptable levels that are set within an organization, and that's conventionally uh, by using a combination of perimeter protection and internal controls. And the cyber resiliency piece of that is focusing on the ability to anticipate, withstand, recover, and evolve, and get back, you know, your business back up and running. Um, I think, though, so if I, I, if I look at um, some of the things that, you know, come out of that IBC uh, white paper, it also talked about, um, you know, the complexity um, with digital and the complexity of cloud. Uh, not to say that, you know, cloud is not secure, but um, it's really, you know, the new way of how do we communicate and ensure breaches are able to be handled even in this new um, new wave of digital transformation and cloud. And I think that that um, is one of the things that stands out for us because you do have to be, our, our clients are in the cloud, uh, so they're absolutely in traditional data centers, but they're also in the cloud and we need to, you know, uh, determine how best we can uh, keep pace with things that are changing and then look at strategies um, and find ways to, you know, really enhance um, some of those security mechanisms and the recovery and resiliency um, mechanisms to make sure, once again, to recover quickly. Um, if you look at some of the recent attacks, um, you know, a major airline in the UK was just hit with something, and once again, that was more a uh, breach of, of data versus a corruption of data. And when their operations are not hampered or hindered, it's less of an impact. It's still a very, very large impact to reputation, brand, and financially, but it's less of an impact than something with Nonpentia that was out there to destroy everything. And, you know, no one was able to use their telephones, their, you know, desk phones, phones, cell phones, um, you know, workstation devices, anything like that. So as we get into a more complex uh, digital environment and digital transformation, we just have to continue to think of ways of how do we, you know, identify, protect, detect, and then recover and restore. So I come back to that NIST framework, which I think is really, really important when we're looking at um, minimizing the impact to a business. And, and we use this model with our clients so that we can construct this consistent, uh, comprehensive cyber resilience program, and it really, um, you know, addresses the entire life cycle and the entire organization. Okay. Uh, shifting just a bit now, we're also in the middle of hurricane season, so what are some ways different from cyber resilience, of course, that organizations can prepare for recovery from natural disasters? Yeah, and I think this has been... Uh, what I would call the traditional uh, business continuity and recovery uh, process, but something that you can plan for. And you could say, well, maybe I can't plan for an earthquake, but for a typhoon, hurricane, um, those are much easier to plan for. They still can be obviously as impacting uh, to the business um, as a cyber attack, but we can plan for it. And our clients traditionally have spent time and money focusing on the recovery of that activity, and then how do we, you know, protect the business and uh, the people. So from an IBM standpoint, we've got facilities that have integrated both cloud and traditional uh, data centers and traditional recovery capabilities. 
We take into account uh, both physical security so that we're monitoring uh, those disaster events. We're mobilizing our resources, so our people and our assets, uh, to make sure that we've got infrastructure available uh, for clients at all times, make sure that the infrastructure is properly configured and they can handle um, the, the threats and, and transactions um, and just make sure that everything is, is secure and safe. So, so a bit easier to, um, to predict and something that companies are traditionally much more prepared for than things on the cyber side. And, and we do have a, under uh, my leadership and my organization that we have, we do uh, focus heavily on, on this part of the business uh, for IBM and our clients as well. Okay, and one more question about what IBM is doing right now. The the company's recently enhanced partnerships with several data protection vendors that I've seen, for example, Actifio and Zerto, just to name a couple. What do those partnerships bring to the table for IBM? So we will always look to bring partners into into enhance our offerings, to supplement our offerings. Many times our partners have capabilities that allow us to, to get something to market sooner, and we will continue you know, to assess and evaluate capabilities of those partners, such that you had mentioned that we have um, you know, longstanding relationships with, and uh, you know, we'll continue to work with them. But that's, um, you know, and we'll continue to evaluate, as we always do, new partners and as we look at, you know, enhancing our products and our solutions and seeing who can, uh, you know, enhance the, the capabilities that we have today. So we're always looking to um, expand those partnerships. Okay. Finally, is there anything else that you wanted to mention about cyber resilience or your company that we didn't touch on? I think the only thing, Paul, just to kind of reiterate, just a couple things. I think attacks against businesses have almost doubled in five years. And incidents that once would have been considered extraordinary are becoming more and more commonplace today. So given that, it is imperative for organizations to revisit their traditional security programs and what I would say develop a cyber resilience capabilities and a processes to figure out how to outthink cyber criminals, um, if that's possible. These um, costs of breaches, you know, are in the hundreds of millions to billions of dollars. And I think as everyone looks to think about best practices for the business, um, I think they need to consider, you know, really kind of moving their traditional thinking, as I said, to think about, you know, new capabilities and also to, to don't keep things in a silo. Um, I think we have to have a much more holistic view across the organization when it comes to how do we de- how do we develop plans and how do we enhance what our clients have today to address these uh, new threats in the world that are out there. <laughs> 